Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 152, where a podcast that talks about pop culture things that interest us. And sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. <laughs> Hello, and happy early Halloween. We're almost there, almost to the best yep. day of the year. Yep. And uh, also joining us is a mystery guest. I mean, uh, for like <laughs> the regular viewers, yeah, yeah, there he is. There's Mike. All right. Um, John, you just yeah. gave it up. I know. <laughs> There's Mike. I mean, <laughs> as Alan said beforehand, it's, yeah, it's Stig. Cause yeah. dressing up for Halloween is the Stig. I like it. Um, have you seen, um, Jeremy Clarkson's new show on Amazon is going through the farm. He's like bought a farm or something. Yeah, I think he had had that for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like yeah. his personality. You know, he was the thing yes. that brought the, the character to Top Gear. That's why it failed mm -hmm. without them. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, Alan shared it here. Clarkson's farm. Um, before we get going, I want to say thank you to MJ Honeybee already in the chat. Thanks for being nice. here and everybody should make sure they check out her Twitch channel, MJ Honeybee for dead by daylight streams. She is finally back at it. The um, perfect time for it too, for Halloween. So, um, also like. I want to get a couple of these things out of the way at the top because otherwise they're always it's way way at the end we should also <laughs> give mike his credit here uh mike has yes. a youtube channel track mouse 34 and um he had just uploaded a new video so make sure you check that out as well um lots of fun stuff on there i and we've been promised more videos like i know a few weeks ago already you were saying there was more coming so yeah I'm slow. I'm slow. All right. I got some Laguna videos. Uh, there, there should be a new one of that out there. I've got some video of me going off track again because you're not pushing hard enough. If you're not, if you're not going off track. So I'll say, share out another one of those. Nice. All right. Um, and then if you're watching this on YouTube or wherever, make sure that you give it a thumbs up and subscribe and like on that note i want to say like this is kind of a celebratory episode i mean 152 random number whatever but like you said andrea it's almost halloween we'll mm -hmm. uh go around in a second and tell you what we are what our inspiration is for our costume if uh, if you if you can't figure it out um but a couple Mine of things to celebrate very mysterious. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um it, so there's uh we finally reached uh, 100 subscribers on youtube so um, yeah uh it was like a pretty long time of uh you know not much gain and kind of slowly ticking up and some of that and over the last i don't know not very long last month you know we've gained quite a few more people so the pace has been increasing um once i'm done in the field hopefully i'll get on doing more and more shorts for people because i know i like to watch those and it's a good way those get pushed out there so so yeah some celebratory stuff there um 
I want to one more thing. Yeah, cheers. Well, oh, revealing your drink. Okay, all right. So that, let's let's do I mean, that am I, though? before we get into yeah. <laughs> let's let's get into that. So we'll go through. Uh, give us our drink holidays. Um, then we're gonna go over our weeks and just talk about whatever we've been watching. Sure. Know, some Halloween movies, maybe, and then um, just a couple news stories. It's gonna be a chill episode, but uh, yeah, drink holidays and um, and then tell us your your costume as you reveal your drink. Okay. All right. So we've got a, a couple of kind of random ones going on from the past couple of weeks up through today and into the future of Halloween. On October 19th, it was International Gin and Tonic Day. One of my favorite drinks, a classic I order when I don't kind of want to be too adventurous. If I don't really know a bartender, if I'm suspicious yeah. of where I'm going, um, just, you know, a classic G&T. Can't really mess it up. Um, I ordered that cool. recently at a wedding that I was at. So I was like, you know, I don't really know this bartender. It could be like a sketch place. Can't mess up a G&T. And it was not bad. So Okay. All right. Nice. Following day is day I'd never heard of before. So perhaps new, perhaps, you know, on rotation or something like that. Uh, 10, 20, October 20th is brandied fruit day. So drink adjacent. I don't know if you could like yeah. put brandied fruit in a drink Absolutely. or if it just counts because literally like brandy in fruit. Um, Mull it up like in the a, bottom of a mojito. Sure. Sure, you could do that. Alan, you got one of those links for people who don't know what the heck that is? For brandied fruit. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I like I I read it and I was like, sure. I mean, brandied fruit is really, to my understanding, you just take fruit, put it in a pot with brandy and simmer it. Right. Brandy got fruit. it. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, kind of kind of like a brandy version of like a mold like cider, wine, something, yeah. you know what I mean? Yep. Okay. Um, and then the following day, because we apparently have a couple in a row here, October 21st was Mezcal Day. That is what I am celebrating because of a very okay. particular reason. Uh, okay. there, there was a football game on the televisions today. It was the Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was a day. Let me tell you. It's already been a day. Oh, so it was a good result. Oh, no. <laughs> Not for me, but for yeah, you. That's perhaps. right. That's right. I forgot for, you're the dark well, side. Listen, listen, yo. It, it, wasn't actually, <laughs> it wasn't actually a good day for anybody. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings may have won, but spoiler alert for that game, if you're a sports fan, Kirk Cousins uh, tore his Achilles and may be done for the rest of the season. So you may be out a quarterback. No. Huh. Yeah. You know, now even the ground, right? Just saying. <laughs> I mean, two. just, right? Just Backup saying. quarterback will do just as well as Kirk Cousins' tunnel vision uh. immobile ass could ever do. <laughs> well, yeah. No, so so Chris and I, my husband, um, were already talking about the fact that, like, this might actually be precipitous for the Vikings because this may hurry up some trade deals or some recruitment uh now that cousins could be out um he he is a defender of cousins in the sense mm. of like he doesn't think he's as bad as everybody makes out to be he's not like oh my god he's hall of fame quarterback but he's just like 
he doesn't deserve all the flack. So he was a little disappointed about that. But anyway, the very long-winded point of my story is uh, it is a tradition in this household and many households that I am friends with uh, to take tequila shots when your team scores a touchdown. So Packers did indeed score a touchdown today, so I needed a tequila shot. You got me. So now we're now we're sticking with tequila as our alcohol of the day. So we made a mezcal margarita. Okay, nice. Um, I mean, how many safe game though? (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Touchdown. How about uh, hmm, if you do it with beer? You know, take a a swig of beer in every. No, that's too much, too. Um, what else can you do? Are you trying else? to do, like, first downs? First down. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's too much. If you're the watching Vikings, the Vikings, maybe that's it's, acceptable. The Vikings yeah. is take a drink of beer every time they uh, cause a turnover or have a turnover Ooh. of their own. Just, you'd be drunk. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. floored. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, there there were turnovers aplenty today. So, I mean, depending on who I, you're rooting think- for, you could really be drunk. I'm sure the assumption with the game is that you'll be drinking as just of your own volition as well, that it's just a bonus when you get a touchdown. Take a shot. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. So I had, well, I mean, I had to stick in the realm. How the Vikings score? Uh, you guys had three, I think. Okay. All right. But three and a field goal because right you got to 24. Enough. Yeah. All right. So, well, nice. So, yeah, so that is what I am celebrating, although that is not the end of the holidays that will run through the last two quickly. Uh, October 27th, just two days ago, it was both American Beer Day and Champagne Day. I don't know if you want to do the Champagne of Beers, combine the two. Mm. It really just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Which I That's, think is Miller High Life. The clever thing. Yep. Is the Champagne of right. Beers. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, in just two days, it will be Halloween. If you have a Halloween drink, some sort of witch's brew that you celebrate the holiday with, you can celebrate that way. Nice. Speaking of which, uh, you look like that may be what you are tonight. Yes, indeed. I was feeling it. <laughs> I just got this, uh, this new shirt that says, Come We Fly, which is one of my favorite lines from Hocus Pocus, um, which is, of course... Haha, <laughs> which there's a pun there. Um, a witch movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh one of my favorites from like the 90s era, you know, teen sure. movies, hocus pocus, like Halloween town kind of dealio, Adam's family, if you will. So yeah. Okay. Nice. So I decided to be a witch. Yeah, I mean kind of threw out there last minute but it's like we gotta put some some outfits on you know some something we gotta do indeed it's Um, my favorite holiday yeah and i wonder one of these years we're gonna have our have halloween land on an episode one of these years yes that's gonna be the best um i also briefly want to just introduce my sidekick bob (laughs) the skull Nice. Bob, why is, why is it Bob, the go-to, you know? Right? Bob no, is the it's, go-to. it's literally for a reason, because Bob the Skull okay. is a side character in the Dresden Files, which is one of my favorite novel series about a warlock. 
Um, I also <laughs> introduced my oldest daughter to Bob today. Um, and she thought it was hilarious. She like loved his giant teeth and the fact that he mm-hmm. could talk. So she made me read a story to her, uh, room on the broom, which is about a witch in Bob's voice and moving the skull like this. <laughs> so what is Bob's voice you brought up? Oh, Bob's voice. <laughs> Bob's voice is deep down here. Hello, everyone. Right. Happy Halloween. <laughs> very good all right so we had some fun today Um, well that's good yeah it's funny how kids like at that sort of age have no concept of like scary Mm -hmm. things or whatever we have haunted doll things here and just like oh that's cute oh look at that you know nope nope she loved it we facetimed some grandparents who were like mortified that she was just (laughs) opening and closing a skull mouth and she's like this is bad and they were like what yeah (laughs) Yep. Uh, um, Mike, okay, so you mentioned before, like, do you need to run off and get a drink? So I'm guessing you don't have any sort of drink here. Yeah. Um, I, I don't have anything prepared. I am unready. But you know what? The Stig has to keep his body in top form. So, <laughs> right. Can't afford it. Yep. Purify yep. the temple. Exactly. I've come up with a backstory and everything. We're good. Okay. All right. Um, I am celebrating two of the holidays. Uh, oh my God, got... if it's the champagne of beers. <laughs> no, it is not. I have, so I'm doing the American Beer Day. I have this uh, Bemidji Brewing Stout. So I haven't had a stout in quite a while. Um, Solid. It's just like getting colder and it feels like it's time appropriate for that sort of thing. Yep. So that's my American beer. And then in this fancy rock glass that uh, someone gave me, um, I have a G&T. So Solid. I've written, yep. So I've got that as well. I'm going to get tired of this one and move over here, you know. That's how it goes. <laughs> and then, um, you know, if things were to get crazy, I've got, I've got my tequila to go along with Andrea here. Yeah, so. Nice. No mezcal. Ah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my uh, my drinks. Um, uh, if you've been watching Jujutsu Kaisen along with us on the anime mm-hmm. show, maybe you'll see I'm trying to go for the Kento Nanami uh, look. Mm-hmm. Got the uh, we got the tie, got the watch, or like close to style. These are the best glasses I could find. I just like wear them regularly now too, or whatever. But it's a similar shape, just doesn't obviously. It has side mm-hmm. rails as opposed to to knots, and they're black. But um, he lost his other one. Yep, fine. And uh, picked it up yeah. right away. Yep, you mm-hmm. nailed it. And um, yeah, I have a. I did buy material to wrap a cleaver in uh, that his kind of wrap. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. looks, and I just have not done that. I'm not sure where the the cloth is. So tonight. I have a weapon change too, and I've got uh, just a Viking axe. So, all right. (laughs) We need to find a way to get you the anime glare across the glasses. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah. There was a certain angle that there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. 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 A little, that glint is perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, no, don't move (laughs) ever. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can uh, probably aim something else. Yeah. Okay. Well, we get the holidays out of the way costumes. Thank you. Thanks everyone for dressing up and, um, let's talk about our weeks a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, what have you been and MJ in the chat, you participate in this as well as no, um, Mike, what have you been watching this last, you know, week, couple weeks, seen some scary movies, not scary movies, whatever you've, you may have mm-hmm. consumed. Um, yeah. It took me a long time to get up to, to catch up with this one, but in my household, scary movies are something that only I enjoy. So I have to, you know, I have to be strategic about when Feel I get to that. watch those. It's a bummer, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a bummer. Uh, Mm -hmm. But while I was on my plane flight back from Monterey, I watched uh, Evil Dead Rise. And it must be a good movie because when you're watching it on a screen that's like this big, right? And there's, you know, a 320-pound person next to you who's chomping on stuff and you're still, like, enthralled with it, it's got to be pretty good. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. That was my experience. I really liked it. I didn't feel like I was watching it on a tiny screen with uh, terrible audio. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that a lot. That's been my haunt stuff. Uh, and I've been picking up. I don't know why, and I know we're going to talk about this on another podcast at some point, but, man, car lovers have it good for anime right now. It is it's excellent. So I've finished up Wang on Midnight. I've been watching... Um, initial D the first four stages and then there's two new ones for us to go through so that soaked up a lot of my time there yeah MF ghost right and yep. uh, overtake yep so yep. I haven't there started is. overtake yet but I'm hearing good things and yep. um, MF ghost I need to continue I've only I think watched the first two episodes so sure it's good stuff yep. So, um, so about uh, so talk about Evil Dead Rise a little bit. We discussed that on the show before. Okay. Um, I think we both liked it, mm-hmm. if I recall. I mean, I know I did. Um, like, what do you think? Have you seen the other Evil Dead movies? I have. Yeah. Um, it's it it, it kind of feels like. Well, the last couple Evil Deads really have not leaned much into the comedy aspect of it, right? Evil Dead was always a a scary, mm-hmm. creepy movie with that horror comedy, yeah, expertly woven in. And they've they've kind of done without that now, right? I mean, <clears throat> there's some spots that uh, if you if you've got a really twisted sense of humor, you can giggle at, you know. But I don't even know that they're right. necessarily intended. Mm-hmm. But um, the actress from it, I believe she was also in Vikings. She played uh, the queen in Vikings, and she is phenomenal. Right. Uh, yeah. Which role is she then in this? She's the, the mother. In the Evil mom. Dead. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Yeah. So, so scary. She, her I face mean... is naturally off-putting. Well, and I mean the, the the physicality of what she had to do just oof blew me away. Yep, I I totally agree. Um, you know, Evil Dead's leans really heavily into the self mutilation 
you know, mm -hmm. of the demonic possession, and they nailed it here right from the very start with the the drone propeller in the yes. uh, girl's face. Yes, oh, loved yeah. it. I don't understand. I don't know that it matters, but I don't understand what the purpose of the cabin scene was because I don't get how that jumped to the apartment complex. So here's how this is yeah. how it because so firstly it's to set you up thinking, okay, like other evil dead, we're we're back in a cabin. Here we are, familiar mm. territory. But then we yep. immediately leave and okay, uh, is spoilers, I guess. Spoilers for Evil Dead Rise. I don't yep. think wreck the movie for people per se, but the idea is the people you're seeing at the beginning, that's where it's escaped to at the end. Yep. So oh. if you that was remember the girl the who's like lot, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did not. It's a, it's a long, slow burn. And yeah, yeah. I free, I definitely see how you would not put those pieces together. Cause there's the girl leaving the apartment finally mm -hmm. at right. the end of the movie and getting okay. out of there. That's her then at the cabin. So got it. Okay. Yep. I don't understand the, the decision on that then either really. Um, because it doesn't it doesn't add a lot and it only seemed like an opportunity for confusion. Why not have that at the end? Uh, is it just because the only familiarity that this really has with Evil Dead is the book and that sort of thing? Like, why not just have that at the end then? I mean, I think honestly, it allows for good hook. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I think. I think. Well, and I think it's one of those things where like it's always more interesting to the audience to like forgive the phrase, but Tarantino it where you're like thrown into something and then you're like, what the fuck just happened? I guess I have to like watch this movie to, you know what I mean? Sure. It's just, mm. so it's like such a, it can be good, but can also be a little bit tired plot hook of like, I don't know what just happened with that cabin scene, but make it make sense. So you like watch the entire movie. And then at the end, it's like the payoff. If you're smart enough for that, I would not. <laughs> but like but there's no like some movies do it like halfway through at least mm. so you can be like oh i remember yeah. that cabin scene way at the beginning it is tough to remember like i mean a really horrific and gory you know two minutes but like like why would you remember those faces you just remember like somebody's skull being right. sliced off yeah yeah so yeah. i get it <laughs> i will say what i really liked about this one and I guess they've all kind of done this because you're right, John. The last one that I remember with the the girl, man, they've been a lot of girl heroes in Evil Dead recently. Uh, the girl hero from the last one that was at a cabin also. Um, this did a great job in a different setting of still providing the claustrophobic aspect, and I think yes. that adds a lot to the horror mm -hmm. element. I love that you have a couple of heroes coming in. And they're just dismantled immediately. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Uh, I no, love I... that they weren't really afraid to go at the children. Like that mm -hmm. wasn't off limits. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, I think we brought up something like that too. How it, that is impressive that they were able to create, make you feel like you're really in a different environment and right mm -hmm. trap them in a city environment. 
You know, mm -hmm. like, how do you have this where, right, you can't run for help? It's always that case now. It's difficult, like with cell phones or people around, like, what do you do? And so it was kind of a situation that was set up that really, right, it could as, might as well have just been a cabin in the woods. So mm -hmm. I do think that was smart of that. Yeah, no, it was creepier because it was an apartment building in a city, which feels mm -hmm. like there should be people, resources, help all around. And how do you get yep. that isolating feeling? And they did it really well. Mm -hmm. I love the record usage of record and the analog mm -hmm. stuff, like listening to the guy talk about, like, to me, that was just great. That was I agree. Chill inducing. Um, and then advice to everyone out there, you know, I, this is free. Uh, I've given this away for free. I, I'm not religious, but if I come across anything, in a room full of crosses, you know, on every wall, I'm just going to leave it alone. Just leave it alone. That's my advice. That's my <laughs> advice. Free. So, yeah. Mm, well, my free advice is don't bow to peer pressure and become part of a corpsepede. Okay. Okay. A corpsepede. That's, that's what I just decided to call. I still love it that that thing that appears merged at the end of all the oh, like right human yeah. remains mm -hmm. yeah don't bother peer pressure don't be a corpsepede okay. okay i like it yeah mike yang good advice or are you charged for your advice oh no <laughs> mike! mike got a new computer they got a new computer <laughs> he thought it was gonna be a solid connection and uh <laughs> <laughs> He's in the helmet of shame now. Yeah. Visor closed means shame. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it was it All was right. a movie cutting off my was cutting off my access to the outside world. That's right. Shit's going yep. down. <laughs> yep. Yep. Do you need rescue? Is this your five seconds to yell for help? <laughs> yeah. I need help. Yeah. Ah, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this is when the bad guy comes in behind me, right, and starts stabbing right. me, yep. and I don't right. see it, but you're trying to get to me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'd be good. My son sleeps. So if he walks out that door, I'm gonna lose my shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I want to address MJ in the chat. Uh, Asked her to participate, of course, and mm. she said she watched Willy's Wonderland. I don't know what that is. I feel like I've heard of it, but um, I'm really not certain what that got, what that is. Um, That's yeah. oh, it's Nick Cage one. Okay, okay. That's funny that the uh, second movie she mentioned was Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, because we talked about that when that was first coming out. We were kind of like joking about that as a horror movie. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I still haven't been... seen it, but like, just hilarious. Yeah. I don't know if I'm interested. Have you heard of the, either of these, Mike? I haven't heard of those two. No. I'm looking at the rest of the list, and I, I think I've seen all of them, with the exception of one that you'll mention. But I haven't heard okay. of those two from, from Honeybee. I feel like okay. though, 
At least with the game that she streams, right? Dead by Daylight. Like, I feel like she's got some good insight here, and I need to try that. Sure. Yeah. He, um... Oh, this is hilarious. So, okay. So, I know why. Okay. So, she mentioned Willy's Wonderland, um, and I thought for a second it was the new... Um, the new thing that's been going around five nights at Freddy's, which is like animatronic, mm-hmm. but it's, but it, it's basically kind of the same premise, which is why I forgive myself for confusing too, <laughs> that they were like animatronic, uh, demon, you know, things that come to life and try to kill you. You know, um, I, have you guys ever heard of five nights at Freddy's really other until recently? No. So I knew of it, right? Mm-hmm. I knew that it was a game. I did not know anything really beyond the name and like screenshots of the characters. Okay. Sure. I, I always knew it was like a corrupted Chuck E. Cheese, but that was all I yep. knew of. I've just never heard of it more than I have in the last few days because of the movie and then the yeah. fight at the movie. Mm-hmm. I just like all of a sudden. I'm just like, I'm not interested in this. I've barely heard about it before. Every time it came up with a PlayStation event, I was like, why am I seeing this? I mm-hmm. guess it's just like more popular with Gen Z than I thought it was. You know, it's like Roblox and Five, Night- Five Nights at Freddy's, I guess. Yeah, that's why I didn't think it was as extreme as it is. Uh, my wife is an mm-hmm. elementary teacher and Rachel is like, yeah, no, most most of my third graders know about this. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> okay, yeah. The huh. number of people like dressing up as like number of kids dressing up as that sure. uh, as the characters is off putting as well. But huh. okay, you know, I mean, I chuckle in disbelief, but I was watching Alien and Predator at the age of ten, so like, really, <laughs> can I say shit? I can't. <laughs> I but what's third grade? You know, it's like seven, you know, or something. It's like. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's eight not years seven. old. Eight? It's eight. Eight. Eight and nine. It is. It is eight yeah. and nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And you turned out fine, Andrea. I you turned did. Out excellent. I did. Let me just say that Alien and Predator <laughs> though is top quality. You know, it's top tier filmmaking. It's not Five Nights at Freddy's. Okay, it's not. These are right. not the same thing. Have I you played Five Nights at Freddy's? Maybe we're all wrong. And I will not. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. John's like I made the strong statement I stand behind it come at me yep (laughs) come at me eight year olds (laughs) Uh, stream it yeah how many eight year olds do you think you could take at one time (laughs) Ooh, as you and as Nanami yeah okay well Nanami could take down a schoolyard for sure (laughs) you know I forgot what that that move is the uh, some sort of Ah, what is that that he he was like telling um, the kid Itadori that you've only done so many flash punch or something you can do only do like four in a, in a oh, row or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Like like he had the record. Nanami had the yep. record or something like that for yep. the most sequential. Right. So yep. entire schoolyard easily. Okay. Um, <laughs> me. Eighth graders, they're like, what? How much do you think they weigh? Whoa, well, eighth graders third graders, eight year olds. Oh yeah. Oh yes. sorry, eight year olds, <laughs> third graders. Yes. <laughs> eighth uh, graders gonna wreck you, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think, uh, yeah, third graders, I don't know, a dozen. I feel like they'd have trouble getting me down to like pie, dog sure. pile, you know? Yeah. Oh, you could take way more than a dozen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I have no context. We'll see when my kids get older. So. There you go. <laughs> Watch two of them take you down. <laughs> You've trained them well then. I, mm -hmm. See, but the, the, the thing is, it's tough. It's tough to, you're not going to, it'd be like one of those movies, you know, like the adult doesn't take a kid seriously and then they just get a nut shot from the kid, you know, right. like, exactly. You don't want to punch a kid. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, Andrea, how's, uh, how's your week been? What have you been watching? Oh, you know, besides the uh, crushing loss of today in, uh, you know, the football lands of things, um, entertainment wise, it's been all right. Um, I watched a couple of things that I've watched before, um, including Nightmare Before Christmas, because I love that. And Chris and I were sort of debating on whether Evie could handle it. My oldest, two and a half, mm. um, just, you know, she had listened to some of the songs. It was really interested in it. And then she looked at Bob the Skull and was kind of like, this is cool. And we were like, oh, well, maybe Jack Skellington yeah. could be an evolution of that. Mm -hmm. So we're sort of debating. Um, Oogie Boogie is uh, a little creepier than I remembered him being. So we uh, we might have to temper that for maybe another mm. year. But... Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a good one. Um, and it's celebrating it its uh 30th anniversary this year. And there was just a recently um gosh, I can't remember if it was a Vanity Fair article that was like interviewing Tim Burton about like kind of the unexpected success and like cult following of Nightmare Before Christmas and how like Disney was like, Yeah, we're gonna make it, but we do not know how to market this. <laughs> like, do what do we right. do with it? It's not kids, it's it's sort of adults. We're gonna put it under an adult banner, but like, will adults like this? Um, right. they were trying to like nix all of the songs from of it from it because they thought that wasn't gonna resonate with the audience. And then years later, Disney execs were like, just kidding, we were super wrong. The songs <laughs> make it. Um, so yeah, so that was yeah, just kind of a fun recent article to read about that. Didn't Tim Burton like fights, get his name and stuff on that? Like Tim Burton's yes. nightmare for Christmas, yes. mm -hmm. Tim Burton's corpse bride. You keep like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, subsequent movies following that weren't as much of a fight, but yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that was a really big thing. He was like, yeah, they just, they didn't, they didn't know what to do with any of this. Like all of the stop motion things that we were doing, they were just like, what? this, this isn't Disney. Like, how can you make this? Um, yep. and he just pushed and pushed and pushed. And finally execs buckled enough that he made the movie he wanted. And yeah, I mean, when it first came out, it wasn't the smash mega hit, whatever, but it just gained enough of a cult following that. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. So today. I was listening to someone, um, talk about, uh, Scorsese's new movie, like something of the Flower Moon. You heard about that? Killers it's of Apple the Flower Moon. Moon. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Apple TV productions and theaters now. Um, mm -hmm. And the, you know, the topic was brought up. Like, you know, it wasn't all that long ago. We sort of had these sort of superstar filmmakers that people really kind of look to and expect greatness from, and and we're 
we're losing a lot of them now. A lot of people like Scorsese's old, but he's still mm -hmm. at it. He's still he's still got it. He still makes the kind of movies he does. And um, but like Spielberg is not been relevant in a long time. Maybe he's kind of lost it. But then people like Tim Burton, you know, if you don't hear about Tim Burton much anymore, um, you know, we just like there used to be a lot of kind of acclaimed directors, you know, and, mm -hmm. and they're either aging out um, or whatever, or they're not being given money to make movies now. I don't know, but or they're just retiring. Tarantino is like saying, I want to, I'm going to be done, you know, like one more movie. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, what is going to be, what is, you know, Hollywood is already in trouble. We got strikes and stuff like that. Um, box office for a lot of things aren't what they're expecting. What's, are we going to get a new generation of like great filmmakers? Do we have anyone working in Hollywood now that appreciates and understands great cinema and then can put that to screen like mm -hmm. or are we kind of entering a, a dark era where we just have to look outside for the next Scorsese we gotta look to South Korea or something where do you think Christopher Nolan fits into the mm. directorial conversation I think Christopher Nolan is sort of the standout exception right now mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. he's he's the one name that people will still like understand that's a modern current mm -hmm. um but he is also bandied about the idea of retiring like not mm -hmm. doing that many more films really? here so it's like i don't know those they keep yeah, doing it feels it, early you know? it does yeah i mean so. does he really mean retiring or does he mean like taking a break I don't, I, who knows? It could be like a Do you know what I mean? Like, right? or something like, you know. And... Oh, God. <laughs> don't get me started on a tangent there. Um, but, I mean, he just feels so young to, like, throw around the word retire. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's one of those guys who just seems to have, like, abundance of ideas. And obviously, I think is a name that would draw tons of funding. So, I mean, if he's throwing around retire, I would really think that was code for take a break. Yeah. And not just like a year. I mean, like maybe five years or something like that. Sure. Now I'm putting the chat and see, I, this is where, like I would say, like he, I'm putting the chat, Denny uh, Villeneuve, um, he is the director mm. of Dune and Arrival, uh, Blade Runner 2049. I absolutely love all those movies. I think they're fantastic. I think that uh, that's a great example. But most people don't know his name. And Dune underperformed, you know, just, lucky they're getting yeah. a part two. Um, you know, also Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson's always been really niche. Like he doesn't, you know. Uh, so, yeah, he's still doing it, you know. Is it mm -hmm. is it possible that we traded out the draw of the director, oh. right? Where you see previews and you hear directors on this movie for the leading actors and so the actors mm -hmm. became the draw of the movie instead and the problem with that is for the most part i don't know if they have the same kind of longevity but i do know that like we say that the the quality of film seems to have dropped i mean i remember a lot of people saying that this marvel this 10-year marvel escapade 
right, was crappy filmmaking, and that was what was dominating box offices. Now we've seen that kind of stuff hit absolute rock bottom. And so maybe that's part of what pushed. It's it's not that there aren't great directors out there, but people aren't looking for great directed movies. They're looking mm-hmm. for uh, a different kind of entertainment when they go to the movie. Yeah, that's interesting because to bring up that specific example, I feel like people were sort of looking for um, like a production company, like anything that had the tag Marvel on it. Like mm-hmm. who cares who the director was? Like name a director of a Marvel movie. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that that wasn't the point. What? Yeah. Sam Raimi. But yeah. But you know what I mean? Like nobody sat yeah, there thinking no. like, I really care who directed Iron Man versus Captain America versus Hulk. You know what I mean? Right. It was Marvel. After a while, all their vision was erased anyways. The directors right. didn't yeah, really vision. have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> have a chance to really make it their own anyhow. <laughs> you know, they're making this corporate you're making, stamp it out. Right, sort you're of making a, a company's movie. So, yep, so right. yeah, so I mean, yes, actors, but yes, also maybe like, this is like the umbrella, this is the company, this is, you know. I, I think I'm going to like go one step further. So I oh boy. disagree with the actor thing at all. I disagree with the actor thing for sure, because okay. that I think that used to be old Hollywood's draw, like old Hollywood before it was even directors, you're going to see, you know, Marlon Brando, you're going to see Jimmy Dean, you're going to see the star that worked Mm -hmm. exclusively with a with warner brothers or paramount or whoever you know and like that was people would go to see that person and that slowly faded out over time and then we got like major big directors like spielberg and uh um godfather thinking of blinging his name Um, who says it can't be cyclical yeah, I was gonna yeah, say I, I, I still think I think I still think it's there. I just okay, I think there's too many people. But there's too many people. people. Do you know what I mean? Like like old the Hollywood, Oscars the way that you're talking. Lowest ratings ever. People I, don't that, care about these celebrities anymore. Like well, they don't care about them the, getting accolades, but it's it doesn't mean they're not gonna go see their movie. I'm just saying there are too many people who are into like too many people. Like old Hollywood, the way that you're talking about, the, the way that I'm thinking of it, there's not enough people. There's like, you know, six to 10, like really big stars that people would be like, I love this person. They can now have that in like 60 to 100 to 200. Everybody can have their person, but there's too many of them. Uh, Do you know what I, I'm saying? Look, 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 one of the top ones would be Tom Cruise. And I thought maybe he's one of the few that can draw an audience. Yeah. You look at Top Gun Maverick that did really well. And people were Yep. Right. So, but look now at Tom, Tom Cruise, his mission impossible movie vastly dramatically underperformed. They're reevaluating the next movie. They're pushing it back. Mm-hmm. They're renaming it all this stuff because it didn't perform. People didn't go to the theater just to see Tom Cruise do crazy stunts. Wasn't enough. And then Keanu Reeves, yes, you're right, Keanu Reeves, he had that, but I think Keanu Reeves is going to, we're going to have a peak there. You know, he's like, it's going to be over, over saturation of Keanu Reeves here or something. 
But sure, uh, so, and I get that. I'm just saying, yeah, like, yeah. I think I think it's diluted because there are too many stars. There are too many options. Like, you can't just pick from like a roster of ten. You can pick from a roster of two hundred if you want to, and that can be your yeah. person. You Maybe. could see a you could see a paradigm shift happen here now, where for the last 10 years, it's been the blockbuster, the expanded universe, the big bang, bang thing that people were going to the theater for. Now that we have pushed so much into streaming, thanks COVID, uh, and people are conditioned to that, what is what fits better on a streaming platform? A really, really good story or a highly visual effects driven movie? A good story is a better streaming medium, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's a better medium for streaming. And a good story is a director. Solid cinematography, solid mm -hmm. story writing, solid directing. That's going to be, that has the potential to be way more popular on a streaming platform where it doesn't necessarily, you don't need to go to uh, the theaters to see The Departed, for example. Mm -hmm. You get the same effect right at home. So maybe, sure. maybe this is it shifting. And maybe we will have some really excellent directors that come out of this. Yeah, I, I I can agree in that hopeful vision, possibly. Yeah, because I think we're going to have some sort of collapse. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. It's going to be a, a shrinking realignment of size for Hollywood. And maybe what's left is a more niche product for people that like are more interested in something that takes some chances, has some risks, you know, it's something different. I could I could buy into that hopeful vision of the future. I don't know. You know, and the same at the same time, I you know, I'm debating. I'm saying, hey, you know, celebrities don't have the impact and stuff like that, and whatever. At on the other hand, you know, because I think kids care now about YouTubers and Twitch mm -hmm. streamers, and you know, like that's that's the influence there. Like that's where the major shift has gone. But there is still some. I've seen now that there is an uptick in kids or the youth smoking now because there is a uh, young movie stars stuff the youths um <laughs> young movie stars and musicians and stuff that have been seen smoking and posting and stuff on instagram and so there's an uptick in like actual cigarette usage now so stuff like people like timothy chalamet and uh heather Pugh and or however you say her name pug you know florence that person. florence i didn't i did this florence before Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you just call her Heather? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I called her that before. We were talking about uh, Hawkeye. But uh, yeah, that one. Uh, I mean, I think I think you called her something else, but I don't know that it was Heather. Okay. Heather Pugh. Oh, no, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. So yeah, so there's still something. There's still something there. Uh. Okay. Well, and Alan provided a good list of directors. Like, there's good. Yes. In, there's some directors in here that are that are good. Um, they exist for sure. I just they're not making anything that sells, you know. And I and and my argument was like that people are going for they're they're going for IP. They're not going for directors. They're not going for actors. They're like just looking at IP. And mm -hmm. uh, oh, this is an intellectual property I'm familiar with, and therefore. You know, try that. So, mm -hmm. uh, okay.
All right. So that was based on Lambo for really, Christmas. I know. We got a really far <laughs> tangent. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Jack the Pumpkin yeah. King. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a Christmas movie, by the way. If you watch the Christmas movie. Fighting's words. Yeah, it's, it's a, a Halloween movie. movie, man. Nightmare before. What's the subject? Christmas. Yeah. And what do they decide happening on Christmas? What do they decide at the end of the movie that they're Halloween town, man, and leave Christmas for other peeps. Christmas is another time, another place, other people. This is Halloween. Well, this is Halloween. This is Halloween. The grass. That's just doing the playing. (laughs) Just saying. Greener, you know, sort of thing. Like be happy with. And it's not. It's not. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Be but happy that it's not Christmas not... time. It's Halloween right now. Don't rush it, John. <laughs> Target and Kohl's are already rushing me. Don't you rush me too. <laughs> I will. I will. No, no. I will never complain about someone watching Nightmare Before Christmas on Halloween. So long as they admit it is a Christmas movie. It it can be watched whenever, anytime. It can be watched whenever. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, it is best as a Christmas movie. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree oh heartily. Gosh. Mike, Mike. I'm on Andrea's side. I'm sorry. What? Wow. Yep. Yep. You know the it. The whole plot is about Christmas. Discovering Christmas. It's irrelevant. The aesthetic is Halloween. Yes. Through and through. Yes. But but it's so you get to experience a little Halloweenness during your Christmas because a lot of people no. you know, they don't want <laughs> See, this Christmas the stuff all the time. So that's the thing. During Christmas, I want the Christmas ambiance. During yep. Halloween, I want this. My son exactly. just asked me to watch it, and I, I, we don't have it because I won't have Disney Plus anymore, so I have to like buy <laughs> a DVD or some shit now. Um, yep. But he asked me to watch that because it's Halloween, John. Exactly. Nobody's going to ask me to watch exactly. it Christmas. Not a nightmare before Christmas. Yep. Well, well yep. that's... Uh... That's too bad. That's too My bad. eight-year-old is smarter than you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Majority doesn't uh, doesn't make you right. That's uh, it does <laughs> rule though. Uh, <laughs> um, MJ, uh, just catching up with her. She said Dune was amazing. Yes, I agree. And yes. she thinks it's both. She thinks that it's both. So playing the peacemaker here. <laughs> thanks for yeah. thanks for soothing us. <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't know Nightmare Before Christmas was going to be so controversial. So, I mean, if we really want to get in the weeds on like everything I watched, <laughs> I watched I watched other things that I had already watched uh, before. Um, okay. Like I caught Beetlejuice the other day, uh, and I won't say it any. I can't say it anymore because heaven forbid I summon Beetlejuice. Um, God, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's like behind me. <laughs> um, I forgot what a like weird riot that movie is. You know, know. just it's yeah. so wild and in the woods, and it has such weird star power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so um, I watched that. I forced uh, Dana to watch Happy Death Day with me because that's one of my favorite just comedic horror movies. I think I talked about it before, but it's like a Groundhog Day version of like a Halloween movie where this one, this uh, right. college student has to like relive her death over and over and over and figure out who's killing her. 
Um, and I just yeah. think it's hilarious and wonderful. And what um, did so she made, think of it? She liked it as well. Um, okay. She she caught onto the premise right away because they do like a thing where like the credits keep replaying like over and over, and she was like, "Oh my god, it's like glitching." And then I was like, <laughs> "No," and she's like, "Oh, it's a groundhog thing, isn't it?" So I was like, "Yep." <laughs> nice. So she was way cleverer than me. She like caught almost everything right away. Cool. Um, nice. But we had fun watching that. Um, some new things I watched, um, Halloween adjacent. I watched Cruella mm. with uh, Emma Stone. I hadn't watched that particular oh, movie. Yeah, it's like right. the origin story okay. of Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. It was very clever. I really liked the acting. Um, the problem I have with it is that it's like a it's like a humanizing villain story, but at the right. end it really doesn't make sense. Because then you you think about like what follows it, 101 right. Dalmatians, and it's like you can't get from here to there. Yeah, they Sometimes didn't you know I don't mean? want the crazy enough. It just it like it just doesn't work. Like spoilers for the end of Cruella. Cruella is the one who ends up giving um, Anita and Roger their Dalmatians as like gifts. Okay. And then somehow we're expected to- they can raise them to the proper age to skin them? Like, you know, like, I don't get it. Do you Mm. know what I mean? Like that, Mm. like, how do we jump from there? Like it's, oh, it's cute. Like she gave them their Dalmatians. They're going to meet. But then, do you know what I mean? Like, how do we get to 101 Dalmatians? And then suddenly she's like crazed, like, I must have a Dalmatian coat. Give me your puppies. Like, it's so, what? Yeah. So- it was a cool movie if you just sort of like put everything out of your head. But you can't do that because it's literally Corella DeVille. So Okay. Interesting. Okay. Mm. It's it's weird. It's like a weird dichotomy of like a well-acted story that in no way makes sense. Who directed that? Who? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> just this is a <laughs> we knew the actor. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is directed by Craig Gillespie. Hmm. Okay. Do you do you think that there's okay, some people probably get upset by this, but do you think that there's parts in China where people watch Hunter One Dalmatians and they're just like, What's the big deal? I don't give her the dogs. <laughs> I'm, yeah, probably. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's available. Probably, there. John. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so, I anyway. I haven't seen Emma Stone in a while. But, uh, I know. I know. I hadn't either. She's going to be in something new soon. I Her name just came up. So, I don't remember what it is, but she means something that I thought mm-hmm. looked interesting, actually. Okay. Now I'm curious. Poor Things is a trailer that she has coming up. Yep. That's it? That sounds like what it is. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what this is. A black comedy fantasy. That is a descriptor. Yeah. With Emma Stone. Yep. And Mark Ruffalo. Huh. I can't see him doing dark humor either that'll be interesting 
Uh, it's based on a novel of a young Victorian woman. She's cruelly resurrected following her suicide. What? This sounds fascinating now. I don't know why I right. don't know about it. I think it was my horror group that shared it with me. I was like, oh, it just, okay, you know. This sounds amazing. Like, this sounds all the way up my alley, man. Don't watch any previews. I, I also, I think that has ruined movies as well. Mm. Mm. That's solid. That's solid. I definitely, because I definitely want to talk about a preview that I just watched this week and I, and I just had like a big question mark on my face. Oh, okay. As I watched um, it. Before we jump to that, MJ says, I don't think it's an origin thing. I think it's a change of story, just like Maleficent. Sure. Uh, so Maleficent was a good movie. I liked that. Yes. That definitely was like very confusing in the way that it was marketed. Like the Cruella, sorry. Mm-hmm. Not uh-huh. Maleficent. Right. Mm-hmm. Just the way that it was marketed, it was definitely like we are doing like a kind of wicked esque oh. treatment for like the wicked witch, and it's like a retelling of her origins. Mm. There, Alan said that this director uh, did the lobster for um, the Emma Stone movie coming up. The lobster oh, yeah, has yeah. Uh, Colin Farrell in it, so I think if nothing else is going to be like well done if it's up, you know someone's alley or not it's to their taste or not because he's definitely a weird makes weird stuff so cool. mm-hmm. yeah i'm super pumped about it um well then andrew i see you watched one other movie here um i'm very is this the most recent one uh, what is halloween curse of michael myers no it is not <laughs> it's not okay all right because that's like i heard halloween the recent one was ends. terrible yes that's right yes Ha- oh, wait, I just wish Halloween ends. Yeah. I think Halloween ends did come out, right? Or was it Halloween mm-hmm. Kills it's and done. Halloween ends is coming out? No, they both. I have out. watched neither of them. Okay, all right. Yeah. No, Halloween, Halloween, Curse of Michael Myers. I literally watched because a while ago I had been watching all of the Halloween movies, and I kind of fizzled out somewhere between like number four and five and six, and then I. I picked this up because it came on TV. It was just starting. They were doing like a Halloween marathon. And I saw the on the credits introducing Paul Stephen Rudd. And I was oh, like, shut your face. Paul funny. Rudd got his start in a Halloween movie. He did? He did. Oh. It was, oh, my God. It just, it was like everything. It was so huh. great. So I was like, obviously, I have to watch this. Yeah. Like... Paul I Rudd, just, uh, just like talk, talk if you want to about like America's sweetheart in the version of a man, like Paul Rudd, <laughs> and he's just like out there slaughtering babies in Halloween Curse of Michael Myers. Speaking of which, I just saw him <laughs> taking his daughter like out for Halloween, and his daughter is dressed as like the Wasp, and then he's dressed up as Weird Al. I think I saw yeah. yes. Fantastic Weird Al, too. His costume was amazing. It was good. Mm -hmm. And good for him for Weird Al instead of Daniel Radcliffe or whoever that was. Yeah, it was Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. Um, Daniel Radcliffe actually did an amazing job, except for the fact that he's like miles too short to be Weird Al. Right. 
But besides setting aside like a physical factor that he cannot change, he did really well. Sure. Just because here's another tangent for us, and I don't know how long you want to go on it, but Daniel Radcliffe as Wolverine is conversation that I am seeing now because apparently he yes. got ripped for a yes. recent movie. And he did. Yeah. Oh my god, I was just I was just talking about like how ripped he was. Why did I talk mm-hmm. about that? Because you're like in a, in one a... show they keep doing. He was in that. Yes. They, they're new, yes. The oh my god! Season. What is it? Yes. Uh, it's a post-apocalyptic uh, version this season. Yes, but he is so ripped. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh he my God. said that he Why just did it or whatever. You know, Alan, help me. Um, he didn't, uh, <laughs> you know, he's denying Wolverine stuff. Yeah, there sorry. You go. Yep. I'm sorry. That was bothering <laughs> me so much. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, resume your Wolverine talk. <laughs> Yeah. What, so, what do you what do you what do you saying, Mike? When you bring up this Wolverine thing, what are you saying? <laughs> I, John's I'm looking saying, for a fight. What are you I'm saying? saying that I heard his name, and this is uh-huh. the only thing I've heard him talked about in recently. And physically, it's a match. He's got the strong jaw. Mm-hmm. He's ripped. He's like five foot one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is about kind of hairy. He is. That's about how ripped Hugh Jackman was when he did the first, when he was Wolverine the first time. Only mm-hmm. this guy's actually short, like Wolverine really right. is. And I don't think I could get past his voice. I don't. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it would work from that. But yeah, here's, yeah. I mean, I didn't consider okay. his voice. My problem is his face, it's too boyish. Like, mm. can he really support some like even with the facial hair? Facial hair there? Yeah, I mean, he's got can, his beard but can there he? And stuff. But but like, he's got a beard. Wolverine does not just have a beard. Wolverine has got facial chops. hair. He's got, he's got chops. chops. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, show me a picture and I can decide because I can't see his face supporting that facial hair. I think I think he could. Uh, you just yeah, you give some extra bushiness to those brows. I've never seen him as a manly individual, but I'm coming around to it now. And, and sure. it's possible to me. Mike's getting excited over here. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that hairy boy. <laughs> <laughs> I here's here's my take on it. It's real not fun. I just like I don't want to see the X-Men anymore in this stuff. No, that's there fine. was a time yeah. a while ago where I'm like let me, you know, like, oh, Marvel, they can get the rights. X-Men, finally, we can do it right. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do it right. They're I not going to do it. First, firstly, I don't know what you're waiting for. The X-Men were one of the biggest properties around, you know, and they and the Fantastic Four, the same. They diminished all these things because they didn't have the movie rights. And mm-hmm. so they took these characters that they could have been doing in cartoons and like great comic books. And they didn't for years. And now they finally have the rights. And we have no word on any of this stuff. If I was in charge of Marvel and we finally got the Fantastic Four and the X-Men back, I would be dropping everything that's like four years out and in pre-production mm-hmm. to new pre-production. We've got the X-Men coming on board. How many times do we think when we're sitting there watching WandaVerse that, oh, the multiverse stuff. They're going to mm-hmm. use this to bring in the mutants, 
to bring in X Men. Oh, I hated that. Nothing. That it was, was a so big nothing burger. Oh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. We're gonna bring in something. We're gonna use this to add in these other nothing. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They don't care about any of this stuff. And I don't want to see them touch the X Men. And they will. And they'll mess it all up. And I'm not going to watch a damn minute of it. That's what's happening. So <laughs> I, I don't disagree with what you have to say. I was not thinking about this in the larger context. I was just saying. You're literally just thinking like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's I agree. Wolverine? For, I agree. He could yeah. I think he could I think he could pull it off. I think he could pull it off. <laughs> I I mean I need the visual just to like cement it. I could I could be convinced. Like I said, I obviously have been watching Miracle Workers and was like, holy shit, he is jacked. Like, I don't know when that happened. And he has an amazing range that I was not aware of in Harry Potter because it just doesn't call for that. Right. Um, But yeah, I would just, I would just need to see like a full visual effect to make sure it's like how I thought Robert Pattinson was going to be really troublesome as Batman because I was like, I don't know, man, that face, is it going to, is that going to fit? But that job. Right. But it worked. It was fine. Like Mm -hmm. I, I was convinced once I saw the movie Mm-hmm. But I was very concerned pre-movie. Yep. If I was a director of some X-Men movie that uh, that um, Dan Radcliffe was Wolverine in, I would like ask the cast to, you know, give him shit about Harry Potter. Everybody calls him Potter. <laughs> Everyone calls him Potter. You like have a wand. You're no, like, no, no. oh, this is going to curse me, Potter. And then just to piss him off. So every time he comes on set, he's just a dick like Wolverine is. <laughs> yeah. He's like method. Yes. But you but you have to ask them to like do it in an English accent. Potter. Yeah. Potter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does everybody show up as Draco one day? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like oh, it. That'd be amazing. That's what I do. Uh... Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, good. Okay. All right. Um, so yeah, Halloween Curse of Michael Myers starring yes. Paul Rudd. Mm-hmm. Yes, little infant baby Paul Rudd. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I I tried to get in some Halloween stuff. We're still watching through Destination Fear. Um, nice. Again, I want to recommend this to people. To anyone that likes ghosty shows, because Travel Channel slash what was on, what's on Max now and everything, they had a show called. Um, Oh, I, I wrote it in here wrong, I guess. It's, they, it was called Destination Fear. Now it's called Project Fear. They didn't renew it for mm-hmm. whatever season. They completely crowdsourced their, like, oh, we're just going to do it ourselves. So we edited the whole thing anyways ourselves and all that. So we'll try to raise money. And they did immediately. And then they hit the road and started filming stuff. And so they were back at it now. One a week, every Friday. It's free on YouTube. And... Uh, it's this, really, it's really well done and produced. So, is this the same guy that did Destination Truth and all those sub ones, no. like a large guy with a no? Okay, nope, no. These are like kids. They're from Minnesota, actually. Oh, cool. They're they're young. They're like twenties or something okay. like that. And they just have a knack for it. Like they they understand like you know getting the kind of coverage and you know stylizing it properly and they they do a really good job they they kind of learned some from zach baggins of ghost adventures but then they sort of had a parting of ways 
It sounds like mm. Zach Baggins is kind of an ego and uh, um, whatever. But yeah, it's a really good show now, Project Fear. So okay. if you're into ghosty things. Um, I was asking Ashley what to watch, what for Halloween movies. We went through a couple of lists, different things. And she'd been hankering to watch The House on Haunted Hill, but the uh, 1999 mm. one. And uh, it's just like, it's like, it just remembers it fondly. She used to always watch it. It's just fun. She's like, I'm not guaranteeing it's going to be quality. Just it's going to be fun. And it was, it, it, it holds up. Like there's creepy moments in it. It's a little chaotic. It's definitely does feel nineties, but it's got a fun cast. Famke Jensen, which where mm-hmm. has she been, you know, and yeah. Jeffrey Rush. Uh, gotta love that. So yeah, I think it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I just what I would want from from that mm-hmm. movie, I guess. Um, you guys seen that movie? It seemed like you have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. That one. Oh, was... I mean, a while ago, but yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That so yeah. I have fond memories when I was a teenager and maybe like a preteen of always really getting into the Thirty Days of Halloween kind of thing okay um mm, yeah and so some of those were more soft right but it would also get me in the mood to watch these and house on haunted hill was just like the perfect type of movie for that sort of experience like mm-hmm. this this fun horror movie to watch to lead me into halloween that's not gonna yep disturb you really you know yep. yeah I don't know if they they make movies like that. Maybe they do, and I haven't seen them. I need to recommend. You know, maybe this uh, Willie's Wonderland in the cage. Maybe that is that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, I feel like it should have some more things like this. Like, there's a moment um, in there with Jeffrey Rush in the machine, getting like it's supposed to make crazy people sane and sane people crazy. It's like mm-hmm. that's a great kind of a trip of a scene. Yeah, you right. Know? That's really cool. So. I forgot that yeah. it was based on a previous movie. Like it was a remake. Oh, yeah. we're we're probably going to watch that one now too. Ashley like never really likes, he's like yeah, he's with, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like with Vincent Price, it's uh Yep. Yeah, I want to watch that one too now. See. Yeah. That's like. I love watching like versions of the same movie just to be like what what did they do? Like what is yeah. a really great version of this? Yep. There's another um, one that I always confused with it. Um, yeah, it came out with, about um, the same time. It's like 25 it's got, ghosts or Liam Neeson, right? Maybe Neeson. Maybe it does. Um, He's in a mansion. There's a big fireplace and like. Maybe he like was. That. It's it's a movie where um, there's a bunch of ghosts trapped inside of this house. It's a game. glass house. Yes. Yeah. And yes, and the the ghosts are released at different parts throughout, uh, and they have to survive the night. Right. Mm-hmm. That's for some reason that movie always gets brought up in my mind, uh, and I can't remember the name of it now. When I think it's of, similar, I think it is Thirteen Ghosts, isn't it? Thirteen Ghosts. Yes. Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. Yep. But yeah, that's that's fun too. Mm-hmm. That's fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, hoping to get to some more horror movies. I did watch, um, or played Dead Space remake um, that just showed up on Game Pass Ultimate. Nice. I played Ashley and I played back when I was like just getting Ashley back into video games. She was uh, Ashley's journey, like 
she grew up playing computer games, some scary ones with her dad and some of that, and then got too cool for that or something, you know, working at the <laughs> salon, hanging around these women, whatever. She's not doing that stuff anymore. Well, then she meets me and it's like, hey, you know, I don't know where it started exactly, but we started playing Half-Life together mm-hmm. and it's like one game to the next. And so this is when we tried to play together. Like every time you die, you switch off playing, you know? Nice. And mm-hmm. um we didn't make it very far because it's pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. But uh like we only played it, I think, once. But I always wanted to play it more. I've downloaded this, the remake, and it's gorgeous. So it's even scarier. And um that's the kind of game I should stream because I'm just like there. Oh boy, oh boy, oh you motherfucker. <laughs> just like it's just uh it definitely vocal with these as they are like everything's jumping out at me, but I only played it for about an hour. I got further than we did the first time we played it. But uh, yeah, it's fun. So we could we could do a short at your uh, house party, John, of of each (laughs) of us taking a turn. Yeah, (laughs) I guarantee you I will not be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then Tears of the Kingdom, play a little of that because it's uh, much more lighthearted. And then I watched the I so the South Park new South Park special. Um, I have Paramount Plus, so like I don't catch all of these, but I've been catching most of or a lot of the special things they do. This one is called Joining the Pandaverse, and it's definitely like taking aim at uh, Disney specifically, and sure. um, in their standard kind of operating procedure, they uh, satirize. A lot of things that are near and dear to me, I guess, in this one. So this one sort of uh, spoke to me, but um, mm-hmm. as funny as always, a whole bunch of uh, this is the Alan shared sexual harassment panda. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just come up with gold over the years, um, <laughs> and uh, this was also really good. Like it's surprising though how specific they were going after Kathleen Kennedy. I was surprised mm. at like they characterized her in like three separate ways because they're also like poking fun at the multiverse idea. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I I would love to be in the room and hear what the conversation Kathleen Kennedy is having with anyone else about this because there's no way she doesn't get shared these clips <laughs> the day it happens like i just would be very interested in that so it's on paramount plus if you're a fan of south park you're gonna like it if you are uh not a fan of like the state of culture that where it's brought us in like star wars and stuff then you'll also be a fan of it um so and then like it does its satirical thing it like pokes it it pokes everybody a little bit so if if you watch ah. nerd Rotic, you're gonna like south park joining the pandaverse <laughs> yes that would be that would be accurate yes so to bring us to um, another topic you are one of the one percent who has paramount plus a eh? <laughs> okay we can skip to that yes yes um so i, have this I mean you here. always complain about the segues so here yeah. i am just bridging I didn't claim about your segues. I'm talking about my like. I know, Andrew, but I'm helping really you. Stuck. She, <laughs> yeah, she's teaching. I know yeah. the segue. <laughs> no, this is okay. So, Hollywood Reporter 
has this breakdown of like this various streaming services and their market makeup. Um, one thing that I found more interesting on this and like, I'm sure blame for this where I, I'm like, God, I, I don't watch network television ever. Who does that anymore? You know, it's one of those things. It's easy. Like I remember a few years ago, it's like newspapers are dead and it's because these things are dying and you see the trends, they are going down. Doesn't mean they go away. And right. um, doesn't mean there's not some relevance there. It's just not the it thing. Well, if we look down at the way pl platforms were broken up, mm -hmm. streaming is the dominant force at 37.5% of TV use. But cable is mm -hmm. sitting there at 29.8%. Mm -hmm. And broadcast is 23%. So I assume that's like television or like uh, like antenna mm -hmm. and the other 9.6. So really, if you take cable and antenna usage, you know, we're over Together, 50%. Yeah. 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 So still the streaming usage, you know, 37%. I've, you know, everything else is more like terrestrial or, you know, cable sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Does this surprise anyone? No, not anymore. The, uh, the number of streaming platforms has become so... Unmanageable? There's, yes. It, there's so many of them that the, um, the appeal of a streaming service just isn't there anymore. I mm -hmm. wanted a singular place to watch mm -hmm. the certain shows that I wanted without commercials, right? Mm -hmm. You've added commercials in to just about everything oh, unless I pay God. you $20 a month. Yep. And in order to watch everything I want to watch, I have to pay $20 a month to everybody. Different... Exactly. So I'm paying for cable again. Yep. So what's yep. the point? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. So what do we think is going to happen? How is the market going to shake out? What, what are the people, you know, like everybody, we always march towards the next, we march towards the future, you know, whatever is mm -hmm. going to be the next thing. It's cool because we can do it. And then things settle and it's like, well, what do we actually end up doing? You know, it's like for a long time, you know, when video calls were first invented, made it easier mm -hmm. with FaceTime. Yeah. Um, great. But that's not your normal mode of communication. Unless you have family far away sort of thing, you do an event or something, you sit down, but like sure. daily, is that how you communicate? I don't think no, so. Text. So, right, it's texting. So we come up with these fancy new things, we come up with whatever else, and then the market actually shakes out in a certain way. Mm -hmm. How is this gonna shake out? I mean, in the short term, I think bundling. Do you know what I mean? But like, how? it's not like like streaming it, services are going to go away. It's literally just going to be like a whole like market of like who's going to like absorb each other. Like, Disney already tried it with like Hulu, ESPN bundling or whatever, and it's not like working. But I think it's be more because Disney's tanking it than like anything else i think it's mm -hmm. going to be like one per like streaming services are going to start absorbing the other 
and it's just going to be like, where, where are you going to go for the bundling? That's what I think in the short term. In the long term, I do not have an answer for you. What do you think, Mike? I think the the interesting thing here. Uh, I mean, we can look back at at historically how things have played out to indicate how things might look. Sometimes that works, and the people that took a really, really long time to ditch cable and just go straight to streaming was, I believe, in a big part, just because it almost complacency, like, well, yeah, I know I should do this. I know it's the better route, but I have to go through all these different steps to make it happen. And in reality, I can usually find something that I want to watch on cable anyways. Sure, I'm mad when I get my bill because it's $120, but then I forget about the fact that it's $120, you know, on and on. Now, what's even more difficult to do that so that same type of behavior except now it's stripped across five different subscriptions right and so your bill is still that same 120 dollars, but it's broken down at different times and as long as they're billed out at different times your brain sees oh uh netflix hit me for another 18 dollars, and hulu hit me for another 12 and hbo hit me for another 18 dollars your brain's not grabbing those all this at the same time. And there are even apps. There are whole things, rocket money, mm, right? Right. Or whatever it's called that is designed to make it easy for you to cancel certain subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Being like, because, Oh, you haven't watched X in like how many months right. do you want to cancel that? So, yeah. Yep. Because that is the nature of our subscription based mindset. That's why it has been successful is because even when you're not utilizing mm-hmm. it, you're still paying for it. You just don't realize it. Yep. So I think it's going to be hard for this to stop making money um, mm-hmm. in the same way. And so even when people are going to realize that they don't use all of this crap, they are not necessarily going to get rid of it. I ditch Disney now, and I don't miss it whatsoever. I ditch Disney for a multitude of reasons, and I just mm-hmm. don't. Um, I still somehow, though, have Netflix. I have HBO. I have all of these things. And I go back to one, you know, Um, so I could see it all coming back if if the quality continues to dwindle and if the commercials Mm -hmm. continue to come up, Mm -hmm. um, I could see people pulling back. And at some point, Disney might say, "Okay, it's no longer profitable for us to pay and upkeep this streaming platform. We can send all of that. Uh, difficulty back to Netflix, let them manage that again, right? And mm-hmm. still take a larger piece of the puzzle and maybe renegotiate now for mm-hmm. a larger piece of that because they have seen other options. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I do think if a lot of places want to survive, that will, that last bit you said there will be the kind of key out is mm-hmm. going to be not everybody is going to run their own streaming service. Mm-hmm. They're going to license this stuff out. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, we get a hundred percent. If we have our own platform, that's great. But you know, what's way easier. Just mm-hmm. license it out. Just let other people have all these other deals. Mm-hmm. They can play it all over the place on different services. I think, I think that really is the answer. And the, the funny thing is like, Disney, you can already feel it happening. 
Yeah, Disney already. So it's one of those funny things they do. If you look at the money that a Disney movie makes, you look at the the movie and how much it took in total. Um, they do this weird shifting of money where um, the streaming s- service, Disney Plus, pays to have the movie on their streaming service. So it's like Disney Plus is paying Disney to put their movie and license it for streaming, but it's the same company. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the money they made, it's like, no, Disney just took, gave themselves money from a different part of the company. <laughs> right. to put, so that, it's yeah. like they're already getting licensing fees from themselves when they could just be licensing it to someone else and then not doing the, all the promotion and upkeep of a, of a, of a platform of a, of a streaming service. So, um, so the top, the so streaming services listed in this YouTube is sitting at 9% Netflix, mm-hmm. seven, eight, 7.8 prime video, 3.6 Hulu, 3.6 Disney, 1.9 Tubi, 1.3 max, mm-hmm. 1.2 Roku Channel 1.1, Peacock 1.1, Paramount 1, Pluto TV 0.8, and all others are 5%. Mm-hmm. So that's your list uh how streaming services break down over the like, I think it was like this last this last month. They, they, they fluctuate, you know, over the course of the year. But the things that Paramount Plus pushed out that were unique to Paramount Plus just sucked. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't, I wonder if they would have had more. I mean, yeah. think about this like a video game system, right? Because to me, that's kind of what these streaming services have become now, right? I, I have games that I could play on my PC or my Xbox or my PlayStation or my Nintendo Switch, right? I've got ones that I can see at all on each of them. And there are shows that I can see on each of these different streaming platforms. But then there are exclusives to PlayStation. And so mm-hmm. the reason you might want to have a PlayStation is to be able to play those exclusives that come along with it. But if those exclusives are garbage, then the need for me to have a PlayStation is no more. So yep. if your TV shows that are exclusive to you are utter trash, Halo, go kill yourself, then why... Yeah. Would I have Paramount Plus? It offers mm-hmm. me nothing. Back catalog. That's what a lot of these services are hinging on. It's like, we have this big back catalog of shows that people love. And when you look at the shows that, you know, are often in the top charts, it is old stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is stuff like Seinfeld or Grey's Anatomy or yep. some NCIS thing or whatever, you know, and <laughs> Yeah. I was just I was just thinking about this because I was noticing some newer things being released like on cross platforms like Dune just migrated to Netflix. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. It it's now available on Netflix or like um oh Dungeons and Dragons is now available okay. on Amazon. Okay. Where it was like only on Paramount Plus for yeah. a long long time. So like newer stuff is really migrating. So I'm feeling like some of these platforms are letting stuff go because they're sort of already anticipating the end of like, listen, it's just so much easier to host our stuff on other places. 
So, I mean, those are, those are two very random examples, but I felt, I mean, Dune is probably the stronger of the two, but just something I kind of filed away in the back of my mind. Yeah. No, it's, I, I always think it's a funny, like, it's like the hubris. It, it's, I, I'm trying, there's a better example in, I think, some other industry where I'm just, it's like every company has to act like they're so beloved. They have so many yeah. fans. Oh my God. You know, like we're going to offer this thing and the people are going to flock to it because <laughs> we're us and you can't live without us. But you mm -hmm. know, like they get stuck in this weird little bubble of the content mm -hmm. that they create. And so it's like, it just is sometimes laughable that someone's like, we're going to have our own. It's yeah. It's like someone having their own. Everyone's got to have their own um, like shopping app or, um, you know, it's like just always another thing, another, another yep. method of payment or yep. whatever. Um, it's like, really? Like you're, you're going to compete with this other thing. Like people give a shit about you versus something else. Everybody's going to move their catalog to this. Give me a break. So, yeah. So some of the stuff, yeah. Like Peacock. Like, what does that even mean to people? You know, it's, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I mean, they started off with like a premise of like, oh, we're going to be the place for like shows like the office and parks and rec, but mm -hmm. you can still see those other places. Like mm -hmm. this just, it's, I mean, as good as those shows are and as beloved as they are, it's just not enough. You can't have one or two shows be your bare minimum. People are just not going to pay for it. Yep. Well, and the, the yeah. problem with those shows too, like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, honestly, mm -hmm. sometimes the best way to watch those shows is just through snippets on like yes. Instagram or something. Yes. That's the best way. You <laughs> That's why I don't I mean, know about that. I mean, even, <laughs> even when, well, no, even when Peacock had, like, you know, was like, we have the office, they would have the like, office super fan episodes it's like sometimes you don't even mm. need to watch the whole thing you just need to watch like an episode and you can mm -hmm. catch that on youtube even you know what i mean so it's just like uh you're already like we have this thing let's sort of devalue it in a way and then sort of devalue it again so people don't really <laughs> need to watch it <laughs> i think the ones that are going to survive are like apple and amazon because they don't have to make money from Apple's this. Apple's not even on here. I know, but it won't matter. They'll bundle it with <laughs> the rest of their services. Sure. And other people sure. will start licensing their contents to them. And it will, I just the giant conglomerations can win this because they don't have to make any money here. Sure. They make their sure. money someplace else. Did you I, see? I was, Go ahead, sorry. Andrea. I was just going to say, do you think Bezos is somewhere just like, ugh? in like self-love heaven that he's number three he's like we're gonna do better but like ugh. he's always in self-love heaven yeah i mean he mm -hmm. is but you know what i mean like he's just like i don't even care number three baby Sp throw all the money we're gonna get to number two number one like just <laughs> maybe i don't even care maybe. what it takes they're yeah they're doing better apple all right uh, go ahead. <laughs> apple has recently I don't know if they've officially made the bid, but they've talked about bidding $2 billion to have the exclusive rights to F1 broadcasting to take that from wow. okay. uh, Sky Sports. Wow. And I think people would lose their mind 
anybody outside of the United States would lose their mind if that was the case. But yeah, sports is a big draw. And to your point, John, you know, mm-hmm. they can go about it a different way. Yeah, that's that's a good point, because that is another thing that's really going to segment the market all weirdly. I see that with football now, even or whatever, it's mm-hmm. like football is available on Amazon Prime on Thursday nights. Right. I know that. Oh, but like, God, it's if the worst, everybody's though. making different. Well, see, I like it because I don't have TV. So it's like, oh, no, I want Parents can come over. They can watch it on Prime. It's there. No, I totally get that. It's just like they're they have so many problems with their broadcast. It gets just oh, like really? interrupted, okay. like skips, gets weird. They're getting better, but like, oh my god, the first time I watched it, I was like, can you watch this football game? Because I'm watching okay. something that happened five minutes ago. Okay. They're getting I, better. I know, they're I, getting baseball's better. doing that. Baseball, I think, has a deal with Apple. Like they're all doing the yeah. different deals with the different. So it's like it's going to be really difficult. If you want to try and like follow a certain sport and not have multiple streaming services, just to like, that makes it really difficult versus just like, I have NFL ticket or whatever, you know, I just like, so, well, as long as they still offer something like that, I guess, because otherwise that would be a real mess Mm -hmm. for sports fans. Um, Okay. Let's see. Um, I I don't know. I hardly want to talk about this anymore because it's such a downer. And I was going to start with a downer, but oh, you know, know. sorry, I segued right past it. No, it's all right. You know, I was going to say like one of the big shows that people always go back to watch on a streaming service is when we mm-hmm. talk about those older television shows and stuff like that. Friends is one of them, and one of the stars of Friends, Matthew Perry, just died. Um, he was only fifty four. So quite young, he did um, have trouble with drugs um, over the course of his life. We know that drugs and addiction um, mm-hmm. to our understanding or to my understanding ways, he's he had gotten clean. But obviously, that stuff does a lot of things to your body, potentially. So, um, yeah, the story, as I know, it is that he was playing pickleball for two hours, came home I uh, forgot his phone or something. He sent his assistant out to get his phone. He got in his hot tub, and when they came back, he was uh, not responsive. So yes, yeah. yeah, that's my understanding as well that he had had um, some kind of episode and difficulty with his heart, um, mm-hmm. and then unfortunately passed away, drowned in his hot tub. Yeah, God, it just it feels so awful to say aloud. Um, yeah, no, I, I couldn't believe it. It's like one of those things where you just, you hear it and you just think, no, no, that can't be real. That that's gotta be, you know, a story somewhere, but no, unfortunately it is real. You guys, uh, were big friends watchers mm-hmm. or something else that he was in whole nine yards. That's a good one. That's a great movie. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, I like Friends. Uh, and Chandler was, you know, one of my favorite characters on there. Same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like the uh, how, how the outlook on Friends has changed, how like people have realized how degenerate of Friends they actually were and like how toxic <laughs> the relationships all were. Yeah. Like, that's a funny spin on the show, but 
it was still, you know, hot. <clears throat> wow, I'm sorry. It was still very entertaining. Yeah. Um, I and, definitely... Yeah. No, did you have more? No, go ahead. No, well, so I definitely, on your point there, my, uh, I remember my parents, when we were watching, would watch it, would sometimes interject into, into things like, this is wrong, or like, to your point, mm -hmm. degenerate, basically. And um, it just one of like, it was raising an audience that if they didn't have a parental figure around to like be weird, you know, it's weird how this social, like now it's social media or something like that, but these shows like were pretty like touchstones or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many people slept with each other and they're all friends and they all like stayed together. You know, it's just like just passing it's, each other around. It's, it's very satire. <laughs> like, yes. But for kids, back on, when, when right. you look at kids and how they receive stuff, Right. But yeah. like when people look back on it, they're like, well, that's such a terrible show. They were awful people. It's like, that's the point. It was a comedy. It's not mm -hmm. supposed to be a direct reflection of real life. They were ridiculous human beings. Joey Tribbiani could barely read. Come on. Like, right. It's all a joke. Mike, well, that's why it was you, funny. Well, hold up and your hand, Mike. huh? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Oh my God. Are we hand twins? Are we hand twins right now? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well played. Go model. Go model quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's I think it's funny that you say that because they definitely got more caricature like as the seasons went on. Like in the beginning, it wasn't like Joey Triviani couldn't read. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he wasn't sure. dumb. He was he, more I mean, of he just was, a player at first. Right. Like, and he wasn't like, oh, I really care about being like academically smart. Like, I don't need the book smarts. I have street smarts. Right. But he wasn't like completely dumb. And then sort of like later seasons really leaned into that. And I didn't enjoy that as much because it was like, this doesn't feel like a person anymore. Mm -hmm. Like people can ebb and flow like be kind of dumb about one thing, but re be really smart about another or, you know, just be really naive about something. And mm -hmm. that's fine. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. By the time Friends ended, there was just a sort of tiredness about the writing that I don't think was present in the early seasons where, you know, Monica was like a clean freak, but it wasn't like a joke. It wasn't like an obsession. Right. It wasn't like a weird, it wasn't like, this is your only defining characteristic and we're really going to lean into it and have zero other dimension to you. Mm -hmm. So. That's a good point. I don't know. I, I mean, to that, to that end, I still was of a generation who was raised on like friends and Seinfeld, like, Thursday NBC, that was the place, you know, that was the, the, the channel to watch. Um, and I loved friends Chandler again, one of my favorites, um, one of my favorite non friend things besides kind of Matthew Perry's, you know, kind of odd guest stints on things like the West wing or, um, scrubs where he's Murray <laughs> and he complains about being an eight year old, an eight-year-old man's name. Um, I loved Fools Rush In. That was a great movie about like an architect who moves to Vegas and falls for somebody who was like very not like him. 
And it was like a whole like adorable romantic comedy, but he's really great in that. So that was a really fun movie, I thought. I've never seen that one. It's good. It's good. So I want to read this thing that uh, Matthew Perry, he Mm. spoke earlier Mm -hmm. about how he wanted to be remembered. This was in Mm -hmm. 2022. So um, so I'd like to be remembered as someone who lived well, loved well, was a seeker. Um, And... uh, and his paramount thing is that he wants to help people. That is what I want. Mm-hmm. When I die, I don't want friends to be the first thing that's mentioned. I want that to be the first thing that's... When I die, I don't want friends to be the first thing that's mentioned. I want that to be the first thing that's mentioned. And I'm going to live the... I'm going to live the rest of my life proving that. Um... Oh, okay. So, so he wants to work as an advocate for helping people get sober. Mm. Um, let's see if there's any other part. Of, I want to just like read the full quote. Don't break it up for me here. But yeah, so he did some work. Basically, I think he had a foundation or something put together trying to get mm-hmm. people, help them get sober. And he's like, I, you know, if someone ever comes to me and asks, you know, if you know, I need help or whatever, this is going to do what he can to do that. So mm-hmm. like, he's like, I am under the understanding that people are going to remember me from friends. And that's the first thing they're going to say. But, yeah. um, I hope, you know, that I can be remembered for attempting to help people through drugs and addiction. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, in a, in a kind of tangential way, friends is a nod to his struggles because he always said that you can see where I'm at in friends, like with sobriety and with addiction. Mm, right. Yeah. Like when I'm larger, I am sober because I'm trying to find other things. And when I'm really right. skinny, I'm probably, you know, back on, you know, alcohol, pills, kind of bandwagon. And you could tell, like, with my vacillations where I'm at in those seasons. Yep. Well, anyways, uh, Matthew Perry, too young. Well, Absolutely. Uh, be missed. Very tragic. That was, that was a really sad thing to hear. Um, Andrea, what's this um, Thanksgiving thing you put in here? What is it? <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? No transition. See, how, no transition. see how I tried to show John how to segue? Yes. <laughs> no. And he's like, out the door. What is this shit? <laughs> and he's like, mm. I, you know, sometimes I don't like to transition from like death. He's like a to, Drake meme you know. over here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. But, no, I mean, I could be okay from one sad subject to something much happier. In fact, I remember the very happy Thanksgiving episode on Friends, and the turkey gets stuck on Rachel's head. Um, on Monica's head. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, Monica's, yes. We have some uh, Thanksgiving thing here, Andrea. What is this? Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited for this movie. Oh, God. So, okay. I saw this movie, and it took me through several different journeys. Or So I didn't see this movie. Excuse me. I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, what the hell is happening right now? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a horror movie about 
Thanksgiving about a town who's like basically their entire identity is like, we're the home of Thanksgiving. And here's like our founder who like, you know, founded things. Yes. And it's all about like somebody's like taking this mask of the founder and killing people. And I was just like, I don't know. I took, I, like I said, I went on through several journeys because one, I was like, do I need a horror movie about Thanksgiving? I don't know. And then I was like, this trailer is for a movie that was a trailer during the Grindhouse movies. And it is now being made into an wow. actual film. That's so I was cool. like, right. I was very like, and then I went back up here because I was like, I love Grindhouse. And like, I love that this is weirdly a trailer of a movie in there that now got made. That's cool. So, yeah. yeah so I'm all over the place. I have to see it now. I yes. do. The um, tagline for the movie is there will be no leftovers. Yes. <laughs> right. Did you, like did you see Alan uh, mention that it's Eli Roth? That is yes. a fantastic horror director. Yes, exactly. So, like, I am weirdly super pumped about it now. I, like I said, I started out being like, what the hell? I've never, like, he like seen slash heard of really a Thanksgiving horror movie. And then was like, okay, now I'm up here. It, it's got to be. It's, like, on my must list now. All we have left is huh. Easter, cool. and then the American traditional holidays will be covered for horror movies. Right. Got Valentine's Day. We got Christmas, of course. Right? We've, we've got them <laughs> of all. Of course. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I just, I just saw this trailer. I just was like, what in the hell? It threw me for a loop, and then I looked it up and was like, okay. Okay. I can Does do this. Fun. Also, like, anything that even in a dark way, promo is my second favorite holiday I'm in for because <laughs> I just, I just feel so bad for Thanksgiving. It's so overlooked. Maybe this is the slap in the face. People need to be like, Thanksgiving is awesome. It is food. It is family. It is football. It is amazing. Nice. That's right. what I have to say about that. Um, oh my God. Alan shared a list of like, Easter horror type horror movies and stuff. Oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. That's amazing. I'm opening yeah. this up right now. I'm I'm excited for Thanksgiving because one of my like one of my favorite parts about slasher movies and the reason I like those genres is just the ludicrously creative ways that they go about killing people. Yes. And this one from the trailer looks like it's got some great ones and if that's what yep. they're willing to put in the trailer i'm excited to see what else happens here right nice sorry i was like <laughs> i was like reading those easter, yeah. <laughs> easter films i oh my god that was my favorite too thank you for mentioning that alan beaster day here comes peter cotton hell <laughs> yikes what? Maybe we should cover that one. We should cover that one. I think. Yeah. Oh God. The day, the day that this show falls on Halloween or Easter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is it an Easter or a Halloween film now? Ah. ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Easter. Yeah, Easter. 
Um, okay, well, speaking of Thanksgiving and giving thanks, I know someone that's very thankful. <laughs> Phil Dominus See, Maximus Aurelius Spencer. I know, but that I was like, why to do that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Phil Spencer, Microsoft, Xbox, they finally got their Activision Blizzard King deal done. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much time we need, want to spend on this, but I just thought I should bring it up because we had covered it through various stages of the process yeah. and then it being blocked and all this sort of thing. Um, the deal is done now. I think someone might try to appeal yet. Yeah, I don't think it's happening. It's, it's, you know, things are moving forward here. Um, but we never got Mike, we never got your opinion on this or whatever. Mm, yeah. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but basically Microsoft spent like $7 billion to acquire Activision, Blizzard and King. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like met some hurdles and they tried to make some concessions and all this different stuff. And, and, um, now coincidentally or not PlayStation head, Jim Ryan, we stepping down next spring and, uh, Microsoft's deal is, is, is closing. It's mm -hmm. done deal. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Mm. How come? Yeah. Uh, it's not that I like Activision. It's not that I even like Blizzard. Um, and I like you some things Candy that Microsoft Crush. does. I, well, yeah. Uh, I think this is the kind of crap that is unhealthy for consumers. Um, because when, when, when one organization owns so much of an, um, an important, um, genre or, or product or, or whatever it is, it just has not shown itself to end particularly well. Uh, I have the same kind of nervousness that comes whenever Amazon has yet another type of service added to their portfolio, right? Um, and Microsoft doesn't particularly do gaming well, in my opinion. I mean, I don't utilize Game Pass. I know a lot of people do and whatnot, but I don't, I don't like the way that they build anything i don't like the way that they prioritize um certain aspects of their gaming um how much they push microtransactions and loot box style effects into certain games the way that they approach dlc and see that as a primary stream of revenue and the way that they look at um you know what makes a successful game you know artificial playtime inflated artificial playtime things like that that's not good practice for the gamer in my opinion it doesn't result in good stuff so not a fan okay um uh well disagree i'll disagree mostly agree somewhat um i mean i'll agree in the sense that microsoft has failed dramatically to produce a large catalog of excellent games it's why playstation has been eating their lunch and Nintendo, for that matter, for years, because they failed miserably during the Xbox One generation and then uh, never seemed to gain any ground anywhere. Um, so it doesn't lead a lot of confidence to them being able to like create IP and, you know, whatever. Um, this deal, however, um, I don't agree with the idea that consolidation in this market is bad. In fact, I think most of the time it's good. 
Um, this this consolidation in the gaming market is different than if you had it in say Hollywood. Like if if Apple starts buying a number of different streaming services and buying up all the IPs or something like that, that's that's a different situation, largely because gaming is nimble. Gaming is not run by unions. Gaming is like so. What you'll see with this deal now is a whole bunch of uh, these developers, like high level developers. The once the deal's all done, they're coming in there. A number of them will take their big severance checks and they'll leave and they'll create their own gaming studio and start from scratch again. This happens over and over and over again. The creativity happens from veterans in the industry branching off and making their own new thing. The creator of uh, Bioshock, he left long time ago. He has a new gaming game coming out. He's been working on for years and years, created his own studio. That'll be coming. One of the main women that worked on um, Ghostwire Tokyo, she left, made her own studio. Like Microsoft bought their studio, Tang, uh, Tango Gameworks, and then she left and made her own thing. So uh, it, it doesn't create like all of a sudden there's no oxygen left in the room because what you have, Bethesda is a great example. Their quality started declining with um games because they were not going to maintain a company that could stay in the green with the types of games they were making so they needed so they had to start branching out into like games as a service or microtransactions that's what we got fallout 76 that's why we had the weird stuff with the new latest wolfenstein they couldn't make money they had to do other things so microsoft comes in with a with you know dropping a bag of cash and now they can say hey just make the games that people like and that you were gonna do yeah and then okay i can get on board with the premise that you're outlining where if this causes a mass exodus of really talented people to go and, and gives them the uh, ability to start their own fantastic then i'm happy with it but um I don't see the other half of that. I don't see games getting better when this kind of thing happens. It didn't happen when Activision bought Blizzard. It isn't going to happen. It, it didn't happen when Microsoft took control over Forza Motorsport. Turn 10 was always a Microsoft subsidiary. But when Microsoft took on more of the branding and control and you stop hearing about Turn 10, it's now Microsoft's Forza Motorsport. It's not Turn 10 so much anymore. It went downhill from there. Um, those kinds of things just don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see quality going up. Uh, I don't see them saying, go make the game that you want to make. I see them saying, tell us the game that you want to make and then add these sorts of items into it or these sorts of philosophies into it that take away from it, take away from the passion aspect of it anyway. But I, I hope you're right. I uh, yeah, it's. I mean, you never know how things are managed. Um, you know, like Sony right now is going through some turmoil, I guess, inside because they just kicked out a veteran of like 30 years. They've been basically around since before PlayStation was PlayStation, and um, there is some strife because PlayStation's coming down and saying, "Hey, you need to start making live service games. We need some live service games." Mm -hmm. And the studio's like, "But we built a foundation of PlayStation on not that. Like that's what we're known for." Um, and she's maybe allegedly taking the fall for this 
strife um, between the devs and you know leadership. Um, but yeah, there's not going to be always like it's honky dory piece or whatever, you know. But the thing is, with the Microsoft's catalog now being so vast, there's enough different studios that they can make what they want, and there's enough there's enough options, you know, like you, they've talked a lot about not forcing, wanting to force developers to make things that feel soulless because they don't want to do it. You know, mm. you can see people that there was a studio in Activision that got shut down and then they all just got shoved on call of duty. You know, they probably didn't want to work on call of duty or half of them didn't, but that's what they had to do, you know, and their, their the studio, their baby projects were shut down. That was the company that does uh, Need for Speed. Um, oh, Criterion. Yeah, mm. right. Yep. So that that kind of thing, you know, is uh, is going to happen. I do trust that Microsoft is going to generally do right by a lot of these people, but you're not going to get rid of micro microtransactions. That's not a Microsoft thing. That's not a big company thing. That's a industry thing. In fact, the future, the kids, that's why they like mobile games. You don't have to pay for shit until you like want to buy more turns, more lives. You know, that's gotcha gaming. Um, that's here. But that will always be here. And then there'll be things that come out right, right now, like Alan Wake, and don't have any of that. The latest God of War, they don't have any of that. The latest Hellblade, Hellblade 2, is not going to have any of that. Like, there will be mass games that are just trying to nickel and dime you for everything you have. They will absolutely have it because they need to make money, but they will also be pet projects, art projects, and things that are just like single player refined experience. And I just don't, don't think consolidation is going to change that dynamic really other than under good management, let some that might be forced down that road to not be forced down that road. I hope you're right, and I hope the gaming industry stays unique because it's just not a practice that has played out well in any other industry. So I hope yep. you're right. Mm -hmm. the The last thing I'll say is like with the gaming industry, the cool thing is you can be two people and make a game that's as culturally relevant and impactful and sell sells like bananas as someone that has a $250 million budget for their game. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen in movies. It doesn't really happen in like comics. It doesn't happen hardly in any other, any other industry. You can have an indie game made with love by a couple people and it blows up because the technology is so readily available. If mm -hmm. you can program and you've got a creative spirit, you can make it happen. So mm -hmm. it's a really cool field. So, All right. um, Andrea, I know you have to go. I need to go too. You know, it's one of those things like it's just hey, let's do a let's do a just a casual chatting episode about nothing, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's about something. We can always find something. Yep. Yep. So um everybody make sure you like, share, subscribe in all the places, leave reviews if you can. Make sure you, again you give MJ Honeybee a follow on Twitch for Deb mm -hmm. by Daylight Streams. Make sure you follow Mike here at TrackMouse34 on YouTube for racing content. And then um yeah, you know, let us know how we're doing and um share it out. 
Otherwise, uh, Mike, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasant surprise. You could, could make it here. And um, that's Popcast and Arcs at one, episode 152. Andrea, thanks for joining me. And uh, see you all later. Sounds good. Cheers, everybody.